3: evening and welcome to another exciting show now tonight we have well we we, we're really honored tonight because we've actually got creator of the universe (laughs) red queen of the universe who, who owns her own country and uh she actually um between her friends she runs Being Believed Research. It's a great honour, ma'am, to have her. <laughs> so Deborah, uh, uh, so it's, uh, her Royal Highness Deborah L. Hatswell. And of course we also have His Royal Highness from uh, Scarbados, the People's Republic of Scarbados, and that is uh, El Presidente, a great honour, sir, to have.
4: Oh, well, now, I've obviously been promoted, Chris, which is really nice. you know. Um, <laughs> right yourself didn't you, <laughs> you know, and of
3: course
4: uh, Telegram, along with it
3: yes yes and actually uh fockham currency i'll uh i'll send you you know send you a few bob through the post all right yeah.
4: <laughs> fucking um, <laughs>
3: free fucking <Focum> free finance <laughs> and uh and of course myself his royal highness of fockham hall the smallest country in the world unless you know differently now <laughs> i'm going to do a few call-outs before we start the program so um yesterday i was actually at stand in the park in Cheshunt, and i've got a little confession to make if any of you from stand in the park Cheshunt, and i might say hello to the town crier hello <laughs> and a few other people and very nice people and we noticed you see where the stand in the park is um about a couple of hundred yards from us is the public lavatory and the other way is the cafe. And we noticed that um, people, when they went into the lavatory, they kept putting their um, uh, muzzles on to go <laughs> into the zoo, which is a little strange. Well,
4: the
3: what we didn't know is the night before, I had an absolute strong Indian mill and I visited there just before the stand in the park. So that would actually give away the reason why people were putting masks off before going to the... (laughs) sorry, a little crudity there. Now, to kick the program off, we're going to speak tonight at the the title of the program is... (laughs) Uh, There's something out there going on, it's a mystery. Now, we're going to talk about time slips, coincidences and it's going to be chat room led like last week so we don't know what direction this program is going to go in it's up to you in the chat room so before I start we'll have a. it's it's really hotting up in the chat room I'll read a few out in the chat and then we'll go over to Deborah. is that okay Deb John is that all right Hi, okay. yes. so we've got <clears throat> Louise Wilcox hello everyone Oh, sean hamer they won't let me do, let us down evening folks there's no Thank pressure then. <laughs> and then um mm. we've got kevin keener hello kevin i'm kevin holsworth hello chris john and Deborah. ah that's good you're on time tonight so no, no lines for you this week <laughs> okay <laughs> evening ladies uh new world order it is it, a bit short-sighted you know evening. <laughs> <ladies. laughs> we've got town crier Okay, oh, okay. oh yay hello yes you, you now you know the reason why they people putting the mask on before they go into the cars you know so sorry about that i didn't say anything about the indian mill before <laughs> too much info chris yes i agree with you then we've got blank wall evening all Aunt Sunny, sally good evening everyone i've got to go out so i'll look forward to watching this show on catch up later oh dear i oh, very <laughs> Enjoy anyway. Then we've got evening, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that's very nice. That's uh, Gillian Morgan. Oh, hello, Gillian. How are you doing? Oh, that's Her Royal Highness as well. <laughs> and oh. we've now and we've also got here Yorkshire Rose, newbie here. Hello, everyone. And oh. we've got of course, Jobby Dodger, who Nothing I think is wrong with being
4: Yorkshire Rose,
3: let me tell you. Good evening. So there we go. Now over to you, Deb. Because well, if you've got something rather interesting to tell us.
1: Strange coincidences. Um, and the lady in the chat is the Yorkshire Rose. I'm the Lancashire Rose. I'm from Lancashire in the, the UK. And there's a small area just on the edge of Manchester that used to be a plague field in the 1500s it was a plague field uh, where they buried the dead and things like that and then there was a mansion built on it in the 14th century a wooden mansion and that stayed there until about the 18th century and it was burnt down and another an edwardian home went on to it then well there was a number of strange experiences in the park where people had seen or observed really weird looking creatures people would be having time slips other people would be um just in an area that they knew really well and then suddenly didn't know what as you said before that or they don't know the area and you suddenly feel like they've been there their whole life. and i wondered what why there what you know what was specific about that area so in the early days, when I started to research, one gentleman who pops up a lot for me was John Dee, the alchemist, who was um, Elizabeth I, um, he had a hair, he was the confidant, and him and Edward Kelly used to uh, scry, and one of the things they would use to scry was obsidian. Um, so they would use like an obsidian mirror or an obsidian rock, and... The area that i saw the really strange creature in and, and that other people saw the real strange creature in is an area where john d was known to summon tall hairy demons so that was one part of it and then there's another area does anybody remember the krypton factor yes and they used to have um, an assault course It's hope i more not too far from me um so a number of reports came in of these really strange creatures that people were seeing and we went up there, and I'm talking to one of the local host and, and he said, uh, you know John Dee did a bit of summoning here, don't you? This is, when Elizabeth got sick of him, she sent him up to Manchester. It was a, he said it was a God, uh, a place without God and was swamps. So she sent him, you know, she had done with him, and she sent him up here kind of thing. So these, the two areas, when I look at them, are end-to-end on the ley line. So you've got, the top of the ley line here is the Holcomb Report. And the bottom of the ley line here, at the bottom, is the Beulah reports. And John D. crops up in between them all. Um, And I realized that obsidian, what he was using to summon, outside this house, it was a huge, like a boulder, probably about five feet high, that was made of pure obsidian. And I wondered if there was a coincidence that John D., A., he, he, I don't really know how I'm not putting it into words correctly, but he's, he's popped up time and time and time and time and time again for me. And then I find out that my mum's moved to this home built in the 14th century. and Have a guess who stayed <laughs> no one else but John Dee. So, uh, if anyone out there only really knows John Dee and they could give me a few more places where I might find stuff out about him, I would be very, very grateful because I'd like to learn as much about him as I possibly could.
3: 7 O seven wasn't it? Because yeah, that's yeah. where um Fleming it was the original seven.
1: But your synchronicity. You kind of just I'll be doing something or I'll be telling uh, be somewhere and he'll suddenly be discussed or he'll be on a on a board somewhere, someone's talk about him, or I'll see a book that's about it. Just really strange synchronicity with John Day. <laughs> Have you ever found that if you're trying to
3: avoid somebody, you'll always bump into them? yeah that's another weird thing that i've actually found but i Mm -hmm. think you've got quite an incredible one john haven't you where you were telling me the other day i've
4: got a a couple yeah they didn't happen to me but the ones that i know of yeah the the first one i'm concerned there is this is going back to the 70s Uh, i think it think it was in manchester i'm not absolutely certain but he's still in manchester in the 70s 70s, anyway and that's where i picked it up from um this young guy policeman in his 20s Going out on the town in Manchester, or I, think, I think it was hmm. Manchester, but it not really matter where it was, it's irrelevant. Get on with the story, John. And uh, yeah, it's, it, him and his mates, they went to the pub, you know, like you do, and met a gang of girls and they swapped phone numbers with the girls. And, you know, they, set, they arranged to, you know, ring each other one night the next week or something. And he was happened to be on night shift one night and they went past this factory and they noticed a light on in the window in one of the offices. So he tried the door and it was open. So he went in and then he he found his way to this office with the lights still on. He had a good look around, couldn't see anybody. So it was just as he was leaving and switching the light off, the phone rang on the desk. And so he went and picked it up. Hello. Yeah. And this little voice said, hello, is that, I can't remember what his name was, let's call him Ian. Um, hello, is that Ian? And said, who's this? And it was the girl. Who just who it swapped phone numbers with from the pub mm. the previous weekend and he said well how did you know to phone me on this phone and she said well this is the number you would written down and she read it out to him and he'd obviously been a bit drunk and he'd written the wrong number down it just happened to be the number of that office where he was at that exact moment in time it was only in there 30 seconds at the very most right. you know and he'd, he'd actually written the wrong number down. And it just happened to be the number of that place where he, he was investigating the, the light being on. I mean that's, just wow, that's bait, that, isn't
1: it? Yeah, that, yeah I, don't, I don't
4: know what happened. I don't know whether they got to, you know, they became life partners or whatever. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's a real... And another one, uh, it concerned a, um, a guy, I think he's from Oxford. Not again, not that it matters. He was going on holiday uh, to Devon and he went in a second-hand bookshop in oxford and to buy some readings to buy something to read while he was away on holiday he's just going to go and relax and have a quiet time yeah. reading in the countryside um so he, he bought this book and he put it in his case and off he went and he, he, he went to this place in devon and it's like an old country house hotel and he got into his room um he unpacked his suitcase opened the book went and stood by the window and opened the book and out of the book was a picture postcard, a pole on the floor, and it was over that exact same view where he was stood in that window.
1: Wow.
4: <laughs> and didn't even know it was there. It's just, it's just incredible, isn't it? I have a
1: strange, sorry. I think I have... it's
4: the universe trying to sell us something or the universe, oh. are, you know, I, ins- I interviewed there. a
1: couple from Staffordshire, from an area yeah. called Stowe in Staffordshire. Yeah. Um, and he won't mind me using his name. His name was Hans. And he said, when he was a boy, we would have been about seven years old, you know, the long summer holidays. Yeah. He said, we went to visit my mum's friend that lived in, um, if anyone knows Stone, it's very rural, uh, very rural, very narrow um, country lanes and things like that. So he said, we went to visit my mum's friend and on the way back as we're driving back, he said, he looks out of the car window and what he described as almost like a minotaur. It's very tall, it's the daytime, it's two o'clock in the afternoon, very tall, he said it had almost like horns on its head, it was big and thick and muscular. And he, he said it was standing in on this right in the middle, so that as they drove, they had to kind of bend to pass it. And he said it was giving off this kind of arrogance. This almost he said it felt like it was meant to see it, but he said, Mum, Mum, can you see that? And she said, No, no, I don't. So the, the only the boy saw it. He said, when he was about 14, because he lives in the area, they'd gone insane, you know, gone to meet some girls. Um, and while they were on the way to meet these girls, he, him and his friends saw it again. And he said that was it. It never happened again. He never, ever saw it again. So he'd speed all the way back to about six or seven years ago. And he, he met his now partner. And he said, you know, when you have the conversation where you do that, what's the strangest thing that's ever happened to you? He said, well, I asked that. And she said, well, it's funny you should say that. When I was 18, I got my Ford Fiesta for the first time and I'm driving with a boy in the car and we're down Stone Lane in Stone and out from the hedgerow steps this thing and it had flaring nostrils like a horse. She said, I couldn't tell if it was a horse or a man or a minotaur. It had something on its head. It was incredibly broad shoulders and it was very, very black. And he said, that's what I saw. That's what I saw when I was a boy. And they'd kind of come together at the end of it, which I thought was amazing. And I actually interviewed them. They let me tape it and share it. Um, and you can hear them both talking about You can hear the, the doubt in their voices because he's still doing that.
5: Mm.
1: Did I see that? Did, did, it, you know, did that happen? But yeah, they've both seen the same thing in the same area, just years and years apart. Yeah, yeah. That
3: is, mm-hmm. that is amazing should we go over to chat because some people are mm-hmm. very interesting things in in there uh and we've got here um from come on there it is hi everyone thanks for the tip on ranking water filters last week i think that was uh was that? and regarding the incident with the laboratories yes i, I thought it was rains. how polite mr town Cryer. thank you uh Oh, he didn't notice it. That's good. <laughs> Shh! Don't tell do anybody. Uh, hi, Chris, Deb's everyone. That's Angela. Hi. And then we've got some real. Uh, he uh, oh, this is regarding John D. He mm-hmm. designed a seven-pointed star. That's rather interesting. Ah. And then we've got uh, a question for you, Uh What does Deb think? This is from Paul Green. What does Port Deb think about the large number of drownings in the canals in Manchester?
1: Hmm. Um, I'm talking right. about
3: questions. in the last few years.
1: Yeah. Um, when I first started looking into the case, I'm, I'm actually mid-book. I'm writing it up at the moment.
0: Leftovers. Or The DMV. Number 97. Or House Cleaning. Or
2: Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for
0: details. Leftovers or Chumba. The DMV number ninety seven or Chumba. House cleaning. Or...
2: Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. Chumba. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers, or The DMV, number ninety seven, or House cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. website for details.
1: I was also under the impression that it started a few years ago, probably about 2006, 2007. So I, I've been researching it now for about 10 years. And what I found out is, and this is startling, that we only count the missing or the dead if they are actually in the River Irwell itself, in the the Bridgewater Canal, as it's called, and it goes all the way to um, Liverpool. But we only count the missing and the dead within the 10-mile radius of Manchester City Centre. So if you start to look at the five rivers that run into that, that main river, there are missing men between the ages of 17 and 54, and there's, a, there's even a block, these 17 to 36, and then it jumps to early 40s to like 50, around 55, 60. Um, we've had single feet pulled out where the police have said, there's no suspicious circumstances whatsoever. And you know, you've only got the foot. And it's not just males, believe it or not, it's females as well. Uh, and those missing females don't make the papers. There was one last who missing in 2019 um, they found the bottom half of her right leg, so from a bit, about mid calf down, and they declared that there were no suspicious circumstances whatsoever. Um, how you do that with nobody, I don't know. A year later, Chris, another limb comes floating down. So they go 20, 30 miles upstream, and they find the bin bags with the body parts in, and it is still no suspicious circumstances, and it's not in the public interest to know. There are locks on that canal where boys have systematically every three months been thrown in and drowned. There's a very recent case on a gentleman gentleman is the wrong name, a monster named Reynard Sinaga. Um, and he did over hundred forty um, I don't want to say the word online, but let's just say he what he would do was he would target males that were a little bit drunk. And he'd say, oh, don't worry about it. Come back to my flat and you can phone a taxi from my flat. And then he would say, have a soft drink or have a coffee. And he'd come across as this really shy, unassuming man. And he would drug them and do what he wanted to then. Now, I thought when he was, I thought if there's any more after him, straight away after him, because he'd got to be more than one killer, because they can't all be uh, just the one man. But Sanaga himself, if you're looking at it, they can prove 140 victims. When I went to find out where his flat was, it was right over the place where the boys were found systematically over three-month periods. And you could have just pushed someone from the balcony and they would have ended up in the canal. Uh, And the Manchester police made a statement in the newspaper saying there is no Manchester push-up. There is not an enormity of missing males um, along the Bridgewater Canal, and there is. But something else that might surprise you, it's not just Manchester. There's Bury St Edmunds, York, uh, Durham. There are a number of places around the country where missing males just go, vanish along our walkways. And 99%... New Forest, again, there was one foot inside a sock, inside a trainer, and that was no suspicious circumstances. <laughs> so there's thousands of them. Very mm. no, much. body that the was the found a tree. Hmm? Sorry, John. Sorry, Chris.
4: I was going to say just a slight aside. That just reminds me. I did a, a very in-depth investigation into Diana's death, many, many years mm-hmm. ago, and uh, it just reminded me of the instance where the guy uh, whose name I forget, because my brain is just turning to mush as I get older. Um, oh, uh, James Anderson. It was mm-hmm. a he was French paparazzi guy, and it was him that drove the white Fiat. You know, the infamous white Fiat. Uno, uh, right. At the same time, well, he was found dead in his burnt-out car with two, not one two bullet holes in his head and it was ruled a suicide <laughs> that'd be don't good how do you, you manage to shoot yourself twice that's pretty pretty impressive that right, isn't it shoot it's, twice it, it,
1: me. it absolutely it me but we were talking about coincidences weren't we um, and, and this is a coincidence for me i've been working for 18 months behind the scenes with a chap called ian wood um and we've actually been looking at how many um missing males there are in each area of the country and mapping them. I'm also working with a chap who lives near Delamere Forest in Cheshire. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the last 18 months, he's had a number of strange phone calls. He's had phone calls at work. He's had a blue car that will turn up when he's out researching, even if he's not told anybody where he's going. The same bloody blue car turns up, but it's always there before him. It's just, the coin, it just can't be. I said to him, I couldn't understand it if he went to the same place over and over again. But one week he'll be in Reading, another week he'll be in Cheshire, another week. And this bloody blue Volvo turns up all of the time. And it just keeps seems to continue. And about three months ago, he was sent um, an envelope, posted through the door, not uh, not through the postal system. Mm. The door that had a white powder in it. And we think it was intimidation, you know. And I, I said, all along, I'm thinking, right, I've got to look at it like that, but I need to keep my options open. I can't just, you know, jump on the bandwagon. The other chap that I'm working the case with, he's in Delamere, three days later goes into work and his boss has said, um, they've got photographs of you. Because he works for the Woodland Trust, he can get into areas that we couldn't get into because he can get into right. private land. Someone's been out and taken photographs of him, out there doing the research, giving him to his boss. And he said, because you've used a work span, then you do it again, we'll sack you.
4: Well, his, his, his phone calls and emails etc are obviously being monitored aren't
1: they That's got awesome. to be got to be so when is it going to happen to me i just packed up uh, everything that i've got i backed up and i made sure they had a backup of the backup of the backup because they've got the channels taken down you know you're with your job it's your life look what you know mm-hmm.
3: you know yeah, yeah. My, my, my website's been cyber attacked that that went down a couple of weeks ago but thing that gets me this sounds very similar what you're saying i've been as you're talking i've, I've been so i hope you're rude i'm trying to find his name and i couldn't As a mm-hmm. chap, he i'm sure somebody in chat put his name down in america he's an ex-police officer and he's finding a, an extraordinary number of people women as well but mainly men that's going mm-hmm. missing in the national parks and yeah. it's always next to rivers i know it is
1: david oh. sorry his name's David Pallades.
3: That's the name. That's yeah. the one. David yeah. Pallades. And it seems to be a very odd thing. And also search parties go out and these people are, these are real skill trackers and they don't find a thing. And all of a sudden the body turns up. It's right under their nose where they, where they.
1: I mean, look know. at the Martin boy. Fa- one of his famous cases is more beyond coincidental. The young mm-hmm. boy goes out with his family to the national park. Can't remember his first name, last name's Martin. They're out and they bump into another family whose last name are Martin. And the second family kid say, do you want to come and play hide and seek Come and play hide and seek with us. So the kids run off and they do hide and seek Every body comes back except for this little boy called Martin, you know. So it, it, when you look at it, you look at the two cases, there's so many, it, but nobody it was never um, investigated. They did search the grounds and things like that, but there was no, it's still missing to this day. Mm -hmm. They found his shoe hundreds of miles, not hundreds of miles, hundreds of yards away within the bush. But somebody must have picked him up and run off with him. Mm -hmm. But if you ever look into it, it's called the Martin case. Look for 411, if anyone's in the chat and they're really interested in looking at it. The 411 files and um, he's, um, let me look it up on the for you. it's uh, I think it's Donald Martin, but I want to be 100% sure, and then you guys can go and have a look at it for yourself and, and see what you think. There was an enormous number of um coincidences, um, and I think that was the case that set David off. I think that was one of his early cases, and he's obviously he's done an amazing amount of work. Um, the
4: first, the first indication I ever had, the first sort of uh signal I had that there was weird things going on in the Disney parks in America mm-hmm. um, was um went out to dinner it must have been the late 90s because I was just getting into this stuff, so it must have been the very late 90s, I went out to dinner with my wife and uh, we went to some friends, I was invited to around and we were chatting away like you do over dinner, i mean, in a few of the wine mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they said, oh gosh I forgot to tell you, you know, so and so I knew them vaguely heard children? well they went to florida on holiday went in one of the disney parks mm-hmm. and uh one of the one of the little girls not two little girls one of them just disappeared and of course they were distraught they were running all over the place looking mm-hmm. for it, and then this lady came over and said look you i'll look after i'll look after this girl well, you go and do what you need to do. Go and try and find the other mm-hmm. one and inform them. You need to inform blah, blah, blah. And then when they got back, the other girl had gone as well. She'd taken them. So they had to come back eventually after a few days with neither of the mm-hmm. children and as oh. well, they never saw them again. And that was the first inkling I had that there was evil going on in Disney yeah. Park because there certainly is. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, Walt Disney was an occultist, a Satanist, you know, practicing Satanist. And, uh, Right, and yeah, everything's right. Nice. I know
1: that's how you attract. That's how you attract, them, not you? You seeing everything you yes. want, all yes. the colours, all the food, and then that's bring that. them all in. You know, that's what. Yeah. What about I that
3: mean. body that was found up a tree on the royal estate? Remember that a couple of years ago? And yeah, um, not suspicious. I mean, if if they found a body up a tree, say in your garden or my garden, yeah, really, it, you're being police custody quick It could say you know back end or something you know but yeah <laughs> yeah and but oh the, the you know the rules oh yeah the attitude was oh that's where we left
4: it you know well there was that there was that uh, famous video of that young kid uh seen climbing out of one of the windows at buckingham palace oh, and naked uh-huh. and he fell and that that was never you know oh no was, you know you know, just, I don't um, remember that. So you know, I just two years ago, but yeah, there is I don't know if the video is still around, it's probably been taken down now. But yeah, and, and the, even the picture is still pictures in all the all the mainstream papers of this like naked young boy who looked about nine or ten, I think.
5: Yeah climbing, not, down,
4: climbing not, down a drain pipe or down a uh tied like, together or something and he fell he actually fell. Wow. He of
5: to him. No I
4: didn't. Out I didn't one, know one of the that. windows of the bring power
1: bloody hell you know. well, the, the, the 411 case that I was talking yeah. about is dennis martin if anyone wants to look it up just look up the case of missing by dennis martin you know, and then they should be able to find the case for themselves yeah. dennis you martin. see yeah. there's
3: another thing that people don't question we sort of accept things i'm sort of putting my historian hat on now but um i'm not a historian but i'm interested in history and that is, uh, I brought this up before on previous programs, and that is, during World War II, I believe we were the only country in the world which evacuated children from the cities. Yeah. And the very weird thing is, when these children were evacuated, they were evacuated on trains. Now, surely the military need to send troops, equipment, or all kinds of things to different parts of the country. And when a country is in a state of war, the railways are generally taken over by the military and the, yeah. you, know, you, you, you can't really get a train because the military need them. So yeah. why is it when they needed to move troops around, they evacuated vast numbers of children to the countryside, so they said, and it caused psychological problems with these children. I mean, mm-hmm. children rather. Uh, Claire Rainer, uh, she said, you know, she ran home and said, she had terrible that. problems and things like
1: that. Yeah. It happens to be here, Chris, because yeah. we had the docks. Most of my town, Salford, was annihilated during the bombings because we had the docks. So they bombed the docks, you know, like mad. So lots and lots of children were evacuated out there.
3: Um, right, I'll just John for a few moments. He's just changing things around, so he'll be back. Don't worry. No, yeah, it's okay. uh, yeah that's I, that's
1: just, I mean, same thing, isn't it? Do you know another case? And I don't. I'm hoping you'll know who I mean when I bring you up. It has a lot of coincidences. Is uh, the case of um, Zygmunt Adamska in Todmoderre. Have either of you guys heard of that? Oh, yes, I, I did, yes. Yes, I know the
4: yeah. one you mean. It was, it was yeah. about 20 years ago, wasn't it, something
1: like that? He, he left his um, house to go and buy some potatoes, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he completely disappeared, and they found him about three weeks later on top of a coal heap in a suit that was beautiful and pressed. It had yeah. some triangular burns on his neck, and he had a strange l- lotion or oil on him that they've, they've never been able to identify.
4: Oh, they say, yeah. Yeah, they've never, well, yeah, they say <laughs> they've never identified it.
1: And he had no cl- no dust on his clothes, no darkness. And he, that, that night, the police officer that went out to meet him was Alan Godfrey. And he took his, you know, the body's dead and they're there and, and, and he's an officer. And within two weeks, he's in this car. He's up in more He sees a light, and he has a whole—I'm not sure how many hours, so I'm not going to guess—a number of missing hours. Um, and he, unfortunately, he was ridiculed. He was a police officer that was brave enough to say, "Yeah, I have I remember, seen." I it. Yeah. 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 Well, there was an American chap in the 60s, and his name is Zygmunt Adamske. and he uh, wrote about going. He had this whole life, this whole extraterrestrial right, life off Earth. And I remember thinking, that's really strange. I wonder if they're related. You know, because they say this thing runs in bloodlines and things like that, don't they? And I thought, yeah. oh, it's exactly the same name, Zygmunt Adamsky. Mm. Not, you know, not within probably within about 20 years
4: of each other. Yeah. There was a pop band in the 90s called Adamsky as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, there was, wasn't there? I'm not sure if there was a,
4: there's a I connection, no. but yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that case. I mean, I've been up to Toddy and it's not too far from me, It's only a lot more, you know, I have to think of Zygmunt. (laughs)
3: Richard D. Hall covered that case.
1: Yes. 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 Yeah. He did that. Uh, Now, back in
3: chat, uh, show a little break and have a look in chat, shall we? Now we've got uh, for Innovate, Innovate, Innovate. And that as well, or something. No, I don't get that.
4: You, am I a bit thick? Does it, well, does it refer to a
3: previous one that you've missed or Might out? be, yeah. Uh, isn't a a best obsidia obsidian? Yeah, I know what they the, the rock that never heats up, even yeah. if placed on a fire. That's Louise. That's very interesting. I didn't know about that.
1: Yeah, Is when when they're it? they use it to evoke. So that was that was what they were asking about the evoke. It's about. Oh. You would, you would use it um, to summon, whether it be a, a deep, whatever name you want to put on it, whether it be a negative, normally a negative thing. And you just use it to summon and it's something to do with this rock because there was four rocks outside the place that I was talking about. And one of them was this huge lump of obsidian. Um, and I'm, I'm not 90, 100% sure, isn't it? Um, lava rock, isn't it? Glass that's forming a lava flow. I'm not yeah, yeah Yeah, no magnetic signal or anything like that and i just i wondered if it was mm. emitting some kind of energy or attracting some kind of energy or basically whether they'd opened a doorway like jack parsons and never shut it so then you've got this millennia of like bad stuff coming through mm. kind of thing because mm. jack parsons went out and his way too, open as many portals as he could and, and he was a nasa scientist you
4: know well no, he, was, he was one of the founder members of nasa we talked about <laughs> this a few weeks ago deb um uh jack pass jack Whiteside parson's yeah he was one he was another occultist satanist friends with alistair crowley
0: yeah
4: uh walt disney and yeah i mean the-
0: leftovers or the dmv number 97 or house cleaning
2: chumba casino always brings the fun play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere you could redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com live the chumba life no purchase necessary boy, boy prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details they both walt
4: disney and jack Parsons were one of the five founder members of NASA. Yeah?
2: ah right i didn't know
3: that yeah that's interesting <laughs> i remember that yes that, 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 that's fascinating but it's like in uh, Cornwall, they've got, uh, you know, you've got this um, uh, uh, oh, radon gas which comes up. Mm-hmm. So but there's also magnetic rocks. And apparently, in Spain, if anybody is Spanish or has been to Spain, they can confirm this. They say in mm-hmm. fairy tales, long, long ago in Cornwall, because Cornwall is supposed to be a fairy tale land.
5: Mm-hmm. And.
3: and the uh, people years ago used to rub their backs, as the Indians did in North America, up against certain rocks and they were healing rocks. Mm. And there's a lot of people no, I'm jumping around a little bit. The belief that the pyramids yes. are, um, were places to heal because I never really found any uh, bodies inside the main ones at Giza. And um, there was a book in I'm showing my age now in the 70s called, do you remember that one, John, Supernature? I do. Lyle Watson. Yeah, I read it a few times. That's yeah. right. And we used to, you see, in the old days and primitive days when uh, we used to use drawing boards and that, in the office, they, uh, we used to use razor blades to scratch things out on the drawing board, you see. Oh, mm. sorry, on the, on
4: the drawing. That, that book and is about two feet from me now, Chris. <laughs> That's <another> really? Coincidence. <laughs> mm.
3: And it shows you how to make a pyramid in there and it sharpens <laughs> razor blades. Yes, so being, we made one to sharpen our razor blades.
1: <laughs> it apparently worked, it really does work. Pyramid, like, yeah. pyramids, I'm sure it's something to do with the word fire. Um, there's some in Bosnia, uh, yes, oh,
3: yes, yes.
1: And they did this test where they sent a weather, a weather balloon up, and the higher up they went, the higher the signal went. So, like, it strengthened. So, clearly, mm. this pyramid is is it, strengthening, or fixing, or healing something and, yeah. and they went through a great deal of trouble to put them up there, you know, so they, they must have been incredibly important for some reason. You know, or they wouldn't have gone to all that mm. that length, you know, to build them and thing. And That's I just energy. think I know we see them as tourist things now, but I think they were I think they were to do with um energy and harnessing the earth's ink. Electric magnetic. I have to get the word wrong. here me. The electronic magnetic grid that's around the world. If you right. place a pyramid in certain parts of the ley line or the grid, it will increase the energy. Mm. And I wonder if they would like that. I mean, they would be healing, but could there be some kind of battery and something could? Yeah,
4: I think draw like energy some, from it. It's, kind like, of thing? it's like for focusing energy, for some kind of mm. thing. <laughs> the shape of the pyramid. Um, is, is it kind of focuses the energy, whatever the energy is? I don't, know, mm. I don't
3: understand it, but yeah, that really is, is fascinating because, uh, what do you think the Aztecs,
5: mm-hmm. you know, in
3: South America, they have pyramids, and you got this one in Bosnia as yeah. well, which is definitely a pyramid, you can see it is, and they're trying to poo poo it and all that. Um, but we now go on a bit more in chat, uh, Damon. Auburn's ode to John D is on audio loop in a what? supposed satellite sent up <laughs> by the freaks as
4: reported by the BBC.
1: I did not know
4: that. Nor did I. Mm. Might look yeah, I think, that. I think the key word in that sentence is it's supposed a satellite. Supposed. Yes, mm. it's not supposed.
3: Hello, DJ Beto. Now, <laughs> it's a... To tell aliens who we are, <laughs> I think
1: they're already walking among us, I'll be honest. Yeah.
3: Well, did I, did I tell you, uh, 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 a UFO landed in my garden and this hideous creature got out and said, Greetings, oh Earthling. I have traveled 16 billion light years. <sighs> Could I use your toilet, please? Sorry, a uh, terrible joke, that one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That that's, I
4: that's don't a little warrant. warrants the epithet joke. That one, Chris. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> Saw right. Emin the other day on a random live stream. It was
1: God. Was it really? Yeah. What Emin? I don't know. Emin. Um, Does he mean it was God? And it's just predictive text. I would imagine it means it was God. God. Rather than God. I don't know. Let's have a look.
3: DJP ah, to M Emin the other day on a Rain Reynolds- Time. It was good. Oh, sorry.
1: I, I knew what you
3: meant. Julian <laughs> <what you> mean. <laughs> Morgan, I have seen ghosts on numerous occasions mm-hmm. and believe in the afterlife.
1: I do I not could tell think-
3: you some true events that would make you think long and hard. We would like to hear them. Mm-hmm. very
4: interesting oh, Gillian by the way if you're still listening there I'm, I'm speaking in uh, uh, the city where you live I won't mention it um, in a couple of weeks if you're interested uh, I'll email you the details if you want to come along DJ, oh, you I, said, I added an O
3: well good for you mate <laughs> yeah, I knew
1: what you meant
3: I, mean, I don't like
1: have ever met a person that hasn't got somebody in the family or one of the friends or their own self that have a series of strange experiences, unexplained phenomena kind of
4: thing. There's lots and lots of families that have stories and stuff within them. I'm just one here. This is a beauty. That's amazing.
3: I was waiting outside a school for my children some years back. The telephone kept ringing in the phone box. No one answered it. So I did and it was my mother. She had written my number my home number wrong.
4: <laughs> That's amazing! Isn't it? Wow! It's a bit like the uh, policeman one in the in the office. Yeah. Uh, mm. Full Fiesta, laugh out loud.
1: <laughs> I had an interesting one. Chris. Mm. I had one come up this week from a chap. Um, you could call it your typical ghost story. Ordinary lad. Um, he said it was about five thirty. so I needed to nip to the shop, get the kids something. He said, and I'm going to my local shop and there's an old lady in the window, just semi-detached house there. And he said, she's tapping on the window. And he said, I didn't know whether to go because of COVID. I didn't know whether to go and see what she wanted or, you know, just ignore her. He said, but then I realized because of COVID, she may need something. He said, so I went, you know, and I knocked on the door and i seen her come away from the window and you heard her coming down the stairs and open the door. Just another lady there, that's not her. And he says, oh, I'm really sorry. I've come to see the lady in the bedroom window. And she said, what lady in the bedroom window? Where? And he points up again. And she said, oh, please just go away at the door on him. And he said, he's walking down the street um, and his chap comes out and shouts him and says, look, I'm really sorry. Um, My wife didn't mean to be rude. It's just her mum died about two weeks ago and that was her bedroom. You know, and he said, I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to say. You know, and I just, yeah. I just, but what people would say, oh, that's your typical ghost story, that, you'd be amazed how many people tell me very similar stories to that.
3: Mm. Yeah. Well, I've actually, there's a coincidence here, which uh, I'm not sure, you, I, I think John's heard it, and people at Standing in the Park Cheson have heard it, so... Okay, fellas, you know, go make a cup of tea now. And uh, <laughs> if you've heard it, but this is a true story. And I'm sorry, John, uh, uh, I think you've heard this. My sister, when she started work, she started work, uh, she's much older than me in London in the 60s, to a place uh, called John Tan. They I made mean, John Tan safes. Right. And you've you heard of Chubb safes, but yeah. there was John Tan safes. And she was what is called a tracer. Now, that's a That's a job now that does not exist. What a tracer did is um, the design engineers would sketch things out with pencil Mm -hmm. and then they'd give it to the tracer and she would make it all nice and neat and ink it all Mm -hmm. in and do the printing and everything like that. Well, thanks to uh, CAD, you don't have tracers. In fact, when I started work, tracers didn't really exist. They Mm -hmm. went out in the early 70s, I think. Anyway, uh, I showed you. Well, my sister is like, he's much older than me. Anyway, she um one lunch hour, she went downstairs, and there was a girl who was looking through papers and she was she was German origin. And this girl said an amazing my, my sister said now I won't give away what this girl was doing and why because that will give the story away, so that'll be at the mm-hmm. end. So she said um the girl said, during World War II at the end of the World War Two um she was in berlin and she was a very young girl and her mother sent her for an errand and they could hear gunfire in the distance
4: oh, yes, i remember this after. yeah
3: the this one and this is this is right and uh the russians were obviously closing on one side and the british and the americans were closing in on the other side and um what was happening is that they thought that they were a long way away by the sound of gunfire and when the little girl went to run the errand the russians or the soviets had made a breakthrough and when she got back to her house it was just flat rubble have you heard this one deb
1: no no anyway
3: okay. she stood there she was actually in shock but luckily for her there was a german unit that was retreating they mm-hmm. took pity on her and said look come with us we're going re- we're going to surrender to the americans because the Germans incorrectly believed that if they surrendered to the Americans, not the British, they'd be treated better. But it was the other way around right. treated better by the British than the Americans. Americans treated them generally a lot of the times, badly. And the British didn't so much because mm. they said, yeah, we've been bombing our houses and they're not going to be friendly to us. But yes. we, were. we were nice chaps, you know. Anyway, cutting a long story short, she ended up in an orphanage in this country. Um, she had a flat in London and she started work. And she had this, she had no family because her father had got killed on the Russian front. Mm. Um, And I don't know about the rest of the family, but she was orphan. And she had this urge to go to a certain place in Argentina. She couldn't understand it. She'd have dreams about it. She Mm. kept seeing it. She kept, well, eventually she saved up her pennies. And she went to this place in Argentina and she got really depressed. because she was in this hotel she thought what the hell am i doing here i spent all this money because in those days it cost a lot of money to go there what am i doing i just don't know what i'm doing in this place and outside this hotel is a beautiful like um i suppose it was a park or plateau where they've got these raised ponds with Mm. fishing and things like that with seats around there so she thought she's so depressed she thought i'll go out and sit on one of these seats anyway she went out into this area and she Put her she sort of looked down. She's feeling depressed, and a woman came along and sat next to her. It was her mother. Wow. Now the papers were she's trying to get her mother to Britain. Whether she ever did or not, I don't know. That's all I know about the story. So people say, please tell the rest of it, but I don't know whether no. she ever succeeded. So wow. although she should have actually gone to France and then got in a little dinghy and then got across. Channel well, that way, should have gone in, yeah, it be fair, right? yeah. But no, seriously, um, that is a true story, and that is an incredible coincidence. So it was some sort of telepathy there. Maybe. I don't know how her mother got to Argentina, but, that,
1: you, that's get twins. No. but you get Sorry? twins, don't you, that are born and then put yes. out to different adopted families. And then they meet after so many years yeah, they got kind the same of gravitate name.
4: together, don't
1: they Yeah, Yeah. the wife's got the same name they drive the same car they've made the same life decisions. Yeah. Maybe it's um just something we don't understand as yeah. because we're humans maybe we are we are connected to each other on this kind of grid. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some people they can tune in better to the relatives. I'm not really sure. You hear about people who are, get visits from the de- their relatives before they've died. Mm-hmm. Or oh, they have that dream and, and they wake up and then they get the phone call that yes. one of the relatives is dying. Yeah, I think we just maybe all connected on this special. Oh, without a
4: doubt. Absolutely. There's another, <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. There's another strange connection um, because uh, another wartime sort of thing, sort of boy with wartime, but uh, you have read my dad's book, uh, John, and there was a chap that saved my dad's life, wasn't there? And I'm named after him. My name's Chris. Yes. That's the reason why I'm named Chris. And he saved my dad's life. And um, when I, after my father finished writing the book, um, I got a phone call out of the blue from a chap. And he said, uh, oh, hello. He said, um, I don't know how he found out, but he, he found some on it. Because you think about it. You publish your own book. You're not going out in the main press. Yeah. I mean it's very limited, it's very difficult to publish our own book, and I'll publish my dad's book for him. And by some coincidence, this chap had found out from somebody else mm-hmm. that my dad, and he said, this is a mm-hmm. million chance." he said, but he said, um, uh, was your dad in the Devonshire Regiment? I said, yeah. I said, second Devonshire Regiment. Yeah, he said, oh, no, someone called Chris, was he? Was he? I said that was his best friend that uh, saved his life. Mm. I'm named after him. He said, so am I. It's my uncle. It was right. uncle. Bit of a coincidence. My world. Because I hadn't been on any media or no. anything like that. And he just found it by sheer accident. Meant
1: to be. It was meant to
3: yeah, be. It to be. A, we lost contact after that. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it it's is. I love stories like that.
3: It's a very, very weird one, but that German one always gets me hmm. because it's so, it's telepathy, isn't it?
1: It's a small world.
3: It is a very small world. And also, you know, I mean, um, in your working life and that the amount of times... Uh, you bump into the same people whilst well, freelance so when you freelance you do get around a lot to different places and you bump into the same people time and time again you know <laughs> that that's something which you don't want to bump into but uh should we go on to everything uh, to add uh, john for a little bit later or shall we go back into chat yeah go back into chat yeah why well, um know, some interesting now where on. are we we've got a hell of a lot here um we got here hatchy hatchy oh hello hatchy hatchy Uh hi all love from a shed in Hampshire, (laughs) country. That's right. By the way, I have an apology to make. Uh I like to answer every comment that is put in underneath the, you know, the the video each week because if people take the time to write something, it's it's politeness to always answer. I may have missed one or two. So it's been a bit busy this week, so Please don't take it personally. I do apologise, but I do endeavour to answer them because I think that's you know, it. But it, 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 well, it's the right thing to do, and I enjoy I enjoy answering them. I do now. And we have got Sean Hamer. Um, they made a lot of movies about genetic chimera spirit yeah, creatures being in the woods in recent years too.
4: Yeah, I read like, like, the Mothman prophecies, did you see yeah. that?
3: yes yeah now Sarah Allard is a new new person here hello Sarah hi there catch you every week on this show keep up the interesting shows that's very kind thank you would love to hear something on not so natural disasters I Limith oh yes an operation Columbus. um yes the Limith disaster that was the RAF weather Thing that went wrong. Wasn't experiment time? wasn't it? Yeah, that's a right. Weather,
4: yes, a weather experiment. Yeah, we weren't and ca- ca- in Cornwall for those who are not aware of it in the nineteen fifties. I think
3: was it? Uh, no, it's nineteen fifty-two. I think it was. Oh,
4: nineteen fifty-two. in the fifties, Chris. Right? <laughs> oh, nah,
3: I thought you said yeah. the nineteen sixties. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. Remember, I'm a southerner. You've got to speak a bit slower for
4: us. Well, I know I do make allowances for that. Yeah, you so. know,
3: hey. <laughs> we can't get Eccles cake down here. That's the problem, you see. Right, hachi yeah. hachi. John D is a scribing. His scribing mirror is at the British Museum.
5: Yeah,
3: along with the largest black magic book collection owned by the modern Lizzie. Oh yes, here you you too. Are in the world that's interesting mm. um when my daughter this is paul green my daughter was at manchester uni a serial killer was the rumor
1: oh for oh. the pusher yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. right that's
3: the pusher yes yeah. and then we got uh dj b2 i Hachi, am enhanced too well ah. good for you i'm in Hertfordshire. now had you had you chris it would be nice if you and John got Chris Everard on for a chat about the death of Diana. He's very good. Uh, he's a bit high profile, I think. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, do...
4: think he'd come on, actually, because he's uh, he, he doesn't talk towards me and mortals on the drunk Chris. No, drunk, that's
3: right. <laughs> uh, could give it a try. Uh, Ralph Winter, evening, folks. Uh, uh, what do you think? Lines, a note from parents. He is a bit late. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually, DJ, well, oh, what are we answering there? Uh, part of DJ, the missing stuff is disturbing. Mm. Yes, it is. Um, you know, I mean, I actually heard, um, I've told John this, fairy music, not that mm-hmm. has airy fairy music, but sort of mm-hmm. one night um, when I was coming back from, uh, ooh, where was I? I was in Cambridgeshire. And I was going towards the, towards Royston. And mm-hmm. it's sort of, it goes from flat to the Hertfordshire hilliness. And it's a dramatic change in scenery. And I was going through the flat part, which is not quite Fenlands. Mm-hmm. And it was New Year's Eve around about that time. This was in the 1990s. Look could hear this sort of it was beautiful music. You know, um when you hear Elizabethan music, that's what yeah. I think, I think. yeah but I don't like Elizabethan music, but this was something different, it was organic. But if I put a recorder on, it wouldn't pick it up. It was yeah, okay, yeah. In the and I thought it was the wind, but it was a still night, it's a beautiful moonlit night, stars, and I was driving and I thought this is this is uncanny. So I checked the windows, they were closed and it wasn't that cold, even though it was new year's mm. day era, it was, you know, it was a bit mild. So eventually I actually stopped the car, switched the engine off, got out and walked. It was in a lay by, sort of away from my car. I could still hear it. Right. I around, and I couldn't see any lights. Cause normally you see lights of farmhouses. Yeah, this is weird. So anyway, there wasn't any cars on the road because, you know, it's early hours. So I got back in the car and when I saw the lights off, there's a main road that goes from Royston right the way through to Bulldock. Is it 505? One of those, I can't remember it. When I saw the lights, the music stopped immediately and I thought, this is weird. I stopped my car and I reversed. and I thought, I wonder if the music will start again. It didn't. It's weird. Now, it could have been something wind hit my car, but then if it was, why could I still hear it when I stopped the car
1: and got out? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And it was rhythmic. It, yeah. You're describing it as music, so that suggests to me there was some kind of harmony or melody. Oh, it's beautiful.
3: Yeah. And it sounded yeah. really sort of organic, all folksy, you know. Mm-hmm. Now we got here um Louise Wilcox. There is no such thing as coincidence. No, coincidence. Really. coincidence. The universe is doing its job. The late yeah. great Dave Starbuck gave me that advice. He says, There's no such thing as a coincidence. And uh, I think we should. He was the shall we say the forerunner of all this. In the early '90s, he started revelation tapes, and he sent tapes of what's going on before the internet. So he was years ahead of his time, and he was an old-style journalist. And boy, didn't he know his stuff! Self-employed, so you know. Right, we've got here. Hachi, Hachi. We're near. I'm in a shed in Burton. Are you really? Well, we all have our problems. it's the urban stealth camper van man evening oh how are you mate oh i've known for you for a long time by the way he's a brilliant artist and he if you want any drawings done or paintings go to the urban stealth camper van man i will be subscribing i love uh, that's my living my dream life i
1: would love to get a van and just go and investigate phenomena all over the UK. You know that's that's what we're building for. me and my husband. I'd love that's to get.
4: What I would love to get in a, a camper van and just escape all this bloody madness that's going on. Yeah, I agree with you. When we do, meats, get
3: and do that,
1: yeah. we, we we put free meets on for people across the country. So I've just done one this weekend at Carnac, Chase. So what we do is we just choose an area where it's really easy to park and people can get out and we get a brew on and we have a you know packed lunch and we have a drink just coffee and tea and everybody talks about their weird experience oh that's
4: fantastic
1: yeah yeah, honestly we've done quite a few of them now um and most people say at the end of it oh it's really nice to just talk to like-minded people you know, you can talk about UFOs. You can talk about strangeness. Nobody's going to ridicule you. So it's just like me and, and you guys chatting. And we just do that. So the, I, I would love to be able to go further and further. You know so you're
3: here. Now, I've actually been looking around because the secret is, is don't buy a camper van. Get a yes. van and convert it because, yep. I should say it's been part round areas, which is not touristy. hmm and uh industrial areas and things you know that's the best thing and that's what i want that's really what i
1: want to do it's um lots of rural it's, places as well you could stay yeah. lots and lots of woodlands where you could just pull up and stay at the side of the river yeah
4: you know oh, yeah, Not to yeah. But, but you know gonna find you, that's the thing
3: yeah. yes i think they're stopped while camping now haven't they oh yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I've taken quite a lot of... I'm really into the van life culture, but even before that, van lifers are out in the wilds, they're out there, and they're seeing things that we town folk are not seeing. So I've got quite a lot of strange paranormal reports of things moving around the van or banging on side of the van or on the top of the van. Or one poor woman had what she described as a troglodyte face that was up against the window. In, in, when she was stealth camping. And then um, Lynn oh, with oh, it. Right? Yeah, um, Snowdonia um just quite a few wild camping places you go to in the Snowdonia National Park if you're you yeah. careful. Yeah. And uh, I was speaking to a lady who'd stayed over there and she said, the, the reason she got up was the weather was so bad, she was worried. And she said, I just thought, oh, I'm just going to drive into Bangor and I'll go into one of the car parks there and stay there. And as she put a light on, she saw this figure. She said it was about eight foot tall, all black in colour. Um, so it could have been, it could have been anything. It was just, she said it was just, she seen it. And as she put the lights on, and it ran straight up to where the the, the lake is. But she, it absolutely terrified her. So I, then I started looking for other van lifers who'd have you know, strange experiences. All week. And there's thousands of them. There's so many of them. Yeah, yeah it's right. when you start looking into them, if anyone's interested, go and have a look on my channel. There are so many scary reports on what there. What is your um, channel? It's just my name, just Deborah Hatswell. Yeah. Deborah Hatswell. I'll tell you yeah. something.
3: Don't you think that's a bit strange that out of all the thousands, perhaps millions of websites, you're actually subscribed to the same one as I am with <laughs> With, with the, the stealth camper van, because okay, you right. know, he's, he's a southerner, he's from my neck of the woods, so we both got the same Mossimer well, accent. Yes. <laughs> they have good stories to tell
1: the van lifers as well. You know, they're out there, yeah. and they're seeing things, they're like, oh, yeah, that's that. So, you never know, we might end up at a campsite together, Chris, and we could have a break. We might
3: well oh. do. And there's a, couple <laughs> of, there's a couple of my friends over in the Netherlands, I'm hoping to have them on here soon, and they live permanently in a van. And they had some creep looking in their van the other night, yes. uh, a, a prowler looking looking in, which is not a nice experience. peeping tom. A peeping tom. So uh, there we go. But yes. that's uh, isn't that a coincidence? You're subscribed to the same person, but yeah, uh, <laughs> he's a good egg. You get urban stealth camper van. Thanks, mate. Thank you. You bring a lot of happiness to people with your paintings. And yes. <laughs> um, actually, what I was going to say. Has he ever thought of painting? Um, uh, oh, things like uh, sundials. And that's something you know. You give that a bit of a thought, because I make sundials. Anyway, uh, now we've got here. I heard there has been a disappearance on Disney cruises. Cruises. Yeah. That's from Paul Green.
4: It happens all the time, Paul. Yeah, Disney is a Disney. hotbed of disappearing children, because that's what it was set up for—to abduct children. Something like ridiculous. About 180,000 children a year go missing in America. 180,000.
3: What about during the war, no. when the, the refugee uh, children being evacuated? A lot of them went missing.
1: I know. This is talking the Polish? I spoke to a, a lady in Poland who's done a lot of research, and they, this entire families, where the children have gone pre-war, so in the 1930s, something like that, and there's this huge local tale really of uh, what they call the wolf people. So they've kind of taken them down into military bases um, and then you end up with these strange half dog, half humanised creatures. And for anyone who says that that's absolutely cuckoo, Mussolini did it. Um, A chap in Russia did the same thing. uh, Mm. Actually impregnated a female with um, chimp DNA to see if it, it I can't think of his name, it's uh, Starling. Starling oh, did
4: well, the same thing. Yes.
1: Mm.
4: So now, those stories, with two heads, started... didn't they? Medical mm. experiments. Yeah, like super six. soldiers. Yeah. Well, of, course, of course, it wouldn't work. You can't impregnate no. a, a human no. with chimp DNA. I mean, it's just not possible. I mean no. th- this is one no. of the this is one of the arguments for evolution, which makes my wife actually said, Well, chimp DNA is 98% similar to human DNA, but what they don't tell you is that the DNA of a banana is also 98% similar to a human.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the cannibal. Yeah, yeah. We yeah,
4: oh, yeah. a banana every day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
3: Now, Sarah, Sarah Allard, the child from Palace Window, very distressing tourist video. An official account states they were filming an advert.
4: the palace. Palace. Yeah.
3: Can you spell something? It's a... Cat's- don't know i think that's bullshit actually (laughs)
4: whatever you you said sarah i don't think it means it means that the explanation was bullshit not what you were saying yeah sorry i I
3: came (laughs) over wrong the information that they gave was bullshit not what you said i'm terribly sorry sarah i (laughs) won't be rude she's probably probably subscribed oh (laughs) no no sorry sarah no what i meant is what they said the official version okay um DJB2, I used to be an investigator for an insurance company. Now I bet you've got a few stories to tell there. And uh, Tony, this is Jobby Dodger. Tony is a great English serial killer film. He murders the TV license man. <laughs> <laughs> and now we feel caliber. Now we got here uh DJ Good Artery Shop in Ferrum. Why's good. Um it says here uh Louise Wilcox: A death can never be suspicious when the murderer has state protection. Yes. Mm. So now, yes.
1: An ambassador's son, the chap who did the 140 um, assaults, is actually an ambassador's son. So you know, he, he will do a very small prison sentence in England, and then you we say send it over to the Philippines. He'd do about eight months, and that'll be it. Be out again, doing
3: what he wants. Oh, that's that 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 is the, the mm, law right. for everybody else. Because um, I often wonder whether these people, uh, I've got to be very careful what I say now. Um, I, I just said, put that on, later. these people who are very famous, won't mention any names, and I'll be very careful what I say. Possibility, allegedly, I believe, it could be a sort of blackmail, you know, we'll make you famous, providing you do what we sell you. Mm. You know, you just wonder yeah. that but i won't say anymore That's no, naughty show uh right here we go Hatchy hatchy. we used to watch christopher lee as dr Fulban shaw he's transformed like doctor who laugh out loud into a billy goat called gates <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> actually i never really went much on christopher lee um i think peter cushing was a genius actor but uh, uh, he was a genius actor because he never never made a big deal of it. And these people are, oh, good, don't make a big deal of it. <laughs> right. Um, pyramids on ley lines, lots of hinges too. This yes. was a good hinge up in um, Norfolk, isn't there? Another really coincidence.
1: Stuff. Small yes. coincidence. I studied ley lines for a number of years, but I worked with this chap called Mick McLaren, who knows them like the back of his hand. And it was only on speaking to him that I realised... <laughs> Now, my maiden name is Cross Lay. Spelled Cross Lay, as in crossed ley line.
5: Really?
1: Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a bit of a coincidence. That's a bit um, coincident, yeah. But so there's <laughs> nodes, you reckon these nodes on the um, the ley lines. So it's not just this one singular piece of energy running. It's, it's spider webs out. In some areas, it's higher, in some areas, it's lower. And where you get the areas of high, energy, you get missing time events, Um, paranormal events in a sense that you would see figures and things like that, like black hooded figures or something. Mm. And maybe it's just the energy that's playing with your mind. I mean, it's not what I believe. I believe that that it's emitting some kind of energy and certain humans can pick up on it kind of thing. So some very strange areas of the UK where you have clusters. A phenomena, like
3: Cannock Chase, and um, I would imagine most of you have heard of Cannock, Rendlesham. Yes, for Rendlesham Forest. Yeah, yeah. And also um, Royston in Hertfordshire. <laughs> now, Royston in Hertfordshire, that's a crossroads of two Roman roads, and the Romans used to bury their dead, apparently. Uh, mm. there. Now, my sister and brother-in-law lived at Royston, and I kind of like Royston, but there's the road, the Newmarket Road, which goes from Royston to Newmarket, and that's on a ley line. Ah, yeah. something about east Anglia i find a bit creepy i don't know quite what it is about the area my grandfather didn't he, he used to get a, a, a was a bilious attack but he didn't agree with it the air in, and my mother didn't like it much and there there's something about east Anglia doesn't do much for me but it is a very strange place it's a very odd place um, oh, sorry it's a very flat place. I know that. Mm. Oh, it's as flat as a pancake. Yeah, from the north,
1: it's it's a strange area. The fens, oh. everything's
3: uphill in the north. A downhill, is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, like illy country. I don't like I don't do flat. It, it, it's just I mean I've been to Lincolnshire. Yeah. for miles and miles of just. Oops. I've knocked my microphone. Oh, that's it. I've knocked my microphone over as well. But uh, no, uh, it's just miles and miles and nothing uh as far and i've insulted everybody from lincolnshire now so i'm terribly sorry oh, oh, no, is,
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> now let, let's have a look look here we got here uh uh for the uh, atlantean invented pyramids ah Woth, sorry not for for was it was it thor with a hair lip thoth, thoth. um Jobby, apparently Foth is alive and well. So Elvis Presley. He works in Tesco's. Now Yorkshire Rose, hello Yorkshire Rose. Not in Yorkshire at the moment. I, I hasten to add. There is a, a natural supplement manufacturer near me where the stock is kept under pyramids before shipping, supposedly to concentrate, activate the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's
1: interesting. Right. Yeah. we in the olden days we used to um, we used to farm by the moon and the weather. We don't do that now, but there'd be certain areas where they would only plant on a certain moon, and it worked right. because I think we were just connected to the the ebb and flow mm-hmm. of the earth back then. We didn't have all this distraction around us and no. you know things no, like, like
5: that. I mean,
1: on. I am I'm, I'm with John. You know, I, to me, we're living in a simulation, but it's probably that's for another another show, isn't it? But yeah, I could What's go back
3: to it? On the thin edge of reality, and that's what, the four, what was it, that chapter 14 times? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, thin edge of reality. Yes. And uh, now let's have a look down here. Uh, I don't know if you can read it. A million disgruntled, what we've got here. Um, oh, sorry. I, I've, I've, got, I've jumped in. And said, I mean, what other power force could our world leaders be more frightened of? And it says here, a million disgruntled taxpayers yes i
4: yeah a million disgruntled
1: anti-vaxxers
4: yes. oh, sorry
1: yeah just an entire population it's just done we've been fed lies
3: just i'm yeah. done you know yeah. no i'm cool. done Wait, just, i think we might do a, a naughty program on <laughs> uh, shall we say williams toxic arm i think we call yeah. it that uh, has uh, the claxon horns gone off at YouTube yet? No, I think we might be safe. Jobby, nice? You might be right, maybe thinking job done. Uh, be well, actually, what's the word, use, the word that I use?
4: The word that use is the word that they use all the time, isn't it? It's not like we were, uh, you know, not like I was actually saying something that they don't, they oh, don't it's
3: Yorkshire Rose, anyone had a near-death experience? No, I've interviewed people who have had them, but I've not had them. No. no. Mind you, if you see the government, they have a near life experience.
4: <laughs> I
3: don't believe it. I <laughs> think <laughs> you're Is he alive, you know? Are you there? we have a chance to get through to this. There are a
1: number of actual real scientific experiments that they've gone in with near-death experiences and there's a number of hospitals across the world that have hidden signs that if you were, were to rise out of your body you would be able to see um, and there's some really documented cases where people put them to peer yeah. groups really serious doctors who are interested in this phenomena of people having a, a near-death experience while they're being operated upon and a number of people have been able to tell them what you know, what the sign was above the lights and they'd no way, no way they'd know. Um, One woman described that she came out of a body and she could see on one of the windowsills at the hospital, there was a blue shoe and they went and looked and there was a blue shoe and she'd never moved out of the operating Mm theatre.
4: That is, that is got, I've got a book that's really good if anybody's interested in this kind of thing called Proof of Heaven and it's about an American doctor who was a staunch, atheist, you mm. know, materialist. He didn't believe in anything outside the mainstream. You know, he was a, you know, we call we yeah. the science kind of guy. And he had a near-death experience and it just changed his life. And he, and he actually gives a vivid account of what happens when he actually went to heaven.
1: Right.
4: Yeah, and it's very really good. It's a very really good book.
1: Is it fine?
3: Well, I interviewed yeah. Michael Rose well, really a little bit over proof of heaven, proof of heaven. Doctor, that's interesting. Uh, Evan Alexander. Have you heard of Michael Rose? No. I did an interview with him. If you go on to foghamhallradio.com and go on the long radio stations, I um interviewed him via the telephone. The sound is not that good, uh, and that was just soon after my father passed away. So I don't personally think I did a very good interview because I was a little bit still. Suffering from that trauma, but Michael Rose uh, did the interest, and he said there's scientific evidence of life after death. And it was yeah? a chap called Lodge. And if people say who made the first radio transmission, people say Mark Home, you No, know, it wasn't. This was chap called Lodge. Trying so to speak to spirit. That's... Sorry.
1: Was he trying to speak to spirit?
3: I don't know. I can't. Re- I'd have to listen to the radio program again. It's over ten mm-hmm. years ago. But he was actually he did scientific experiments to to, to he did. Uh, discover there is life uh, and apparently you were not allowed to speak about this until the 1990s on, really? on mainstream media and Michael Rose got the law changed it was against the law to speak about the scientific evidence for life after death so that is quite interesting that you got that law changed mm. so, but um, I'll have to listen to that again you know but uh, here we go it says saw a shadow this is Paul Green. saw a shadow figure Behind a boy in another class in secondary school, two yeah, days yeah. later, his dad found him dead when he got home from work. Oh, my oh, my word. Well, have you heard the one about the? This is um, one I heard. Um, my brother-in-law worked with a chap uh, who came from a place called Sandy in Bedfordshire. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Sandy, in Bedfordshire. The bed- on the A1. You go. You go down the A.
4: You go uh-huh. through the A. Yeah.
3: You've forever seen signs, Sandy, thirty miles. Then ten miles down the road, Sandy, twenty-nine
4: miles. <laughs> road,
3: Sandy, six miles. Yeah, you know, and all this sort of, It's well, where the
4: headquarters of the RSPB is, isn't it?
3: That's right, and everything's painted in green paint. I shouldn't say this. There's a lot of people that are the results of close, close cousins marrying. <laughs> you get what I mean. And it, anyway, it was a BBC sound engineer. Uh, Had a daughter, a little baby girl, and she she was, you know, caught at night. And she started during the day singing strange tunes. Right. And they found the toys were moved around her room. This is strange. And they found out these tunes were from the Victorian era. Mm. And they said, Where do you get these from? And she said, It's the lady with the big eyes that sits in the corner. Yeah, and this went on and on, and they got one um, well, of these people that get through to spirits and things. Um, uh, I can't think of the name,
1: but they got one like of these a,
3: like
1: a medium or a psychic. Medium,
3: or somebody like that in, and she said, "Don't worry, this spirit will not give, do your child any harm." She's a, a lovely Victorian, made it loved children. Hmm. Just leave it be; she's perfectly safe. Perfect, she's just leave it. And she did. And this little girl grew up knowing all these Victorian tunes that she could have never, she couldn't read and write at that age. No. And she's no. just said, the lady with the big eyes that sat in the corner. So it was quite, uh, and that was in, and Sandy's a very haunted place. It's a very weird place. I know that, but we got here, my word, we're coming up to our uh, time. Now we got here, um, excuse me if I don't read all your comments out because there are so many, um, now we got here, I believe we are not just flesh and blood, as our inner spirits are our true inner being, makes us the person we are. Good or bad, I 100% agree with you there, yes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is it tw- uh,
1: 24 ounces? When you die, you weigh is it you weigh 24 ounces less? I probably got it wrong, it might be 21, 22, but everybody who dies has a 24 ounces missing from them, and is that Self, soul, you know the real, good, the real, the
3: real. Yeah. Yeah. You, mm. you, you've got a good point there. It's uh, is Paul Paul, our comments turned off on, I guess that's YouTube. Um, well, actually, when this program finishes, mm. YouTube do switch them off, but they come on back on again mm. when after a couple of hours. So, so don't worry. Um, you know, it's not my doing. It's YouTube's doing. Then we got here, Yorkshire Rose. Hachi, Hatchy, I was given the choice and came back for my parents. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, isn't that sweet? And that, that's, that's that's nice. That is. And um, um she never yeah. met Adolf then. don't <laughs> 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 no, Adolf. No, yeah. Julie Morgan. Sweet. Nothing like good minds come together. Hachi, Hatchy. And now we got here, Yorkshire Rose. My hubby. At 19 years old, this is Louise uh, Wilcox. Since then, he has been able to foretell some things. He has told me twice not to go on separate change journeys, both of which had fatal crashes. Mm. That, something similar happened to my cousin. Actually, um, he was due to, uh, during the war, be shipped to America because he was very young. He's about 10, I think. And he's, and he was packed, ready to go, and his mother said, "Don't! I've had a premonition. The ship sunk, mm. and a lot of children were killed." And the second time, he was in the merchant navy, and his uh, future wife was from Northern Ireland, and he was due to catch a ship from I think is it Liverpool somewhere like that, over mm. to um, so Northern Ireland, to for a. Um, Naughty weekend? No, they're going to play chess for the weekend. I think something like that. I'm very
4: innocent. That is a naughty weekend
3: Naughty weekend, you, you know. to do that? You? That's right. You know, and uh, I think it was naughty because uh, he didn't turn the pieces. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a dirty weekend. So it's probably, I don't know, probably didn't have a bath that weekend. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he he decided something told him not to go on this ship,
4: and that's sunk and all. <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of stories like that surrounding the Titanic as Yeah, I was thinking the same thing about it.
1: Yeah, I was thinking. Even
4: people who were on it had had a premonition. Right, there's one. There
1: nine one one victims, weren't there? There were a number of people who predicted nine one one before
4: it. Happened. Yeah, you know, yeah it was, and the, there were uh, the, the Titanic one. The lady who uh, I think she was only like a, a young kid. She was one of the longest surviving mm. Titanic victims. And she told the story about it, and she said that her mother, as soon as they found out that they were going on the Titanic, they were emigrating to America or Canada. You know. And uh, <clears throat> she, uh, she had these premonitions all the time about the ship thinking, mm-hmm. and uh, she wouldn't go to sleep at night, she was so terrified. Oh. She sat up all night, slept during the day, for some strange reason. And it, obviously it came true, the ship sank, and she lost her husband, but her mm-hmm. and the little girl survived.
1: That's right. We've all had that feeling, though, that something's going to happen. We all have it, don't we? And overloading, and The yeah. shoe to drop. I yeah. call it our peripheral bit, brain. It's as if we we notice so much more around us than we actually process. If you get what I mean, because you, I do. don't you? I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Seeing this bit, there's a lot of peripheral stuff going on around you, and we're taught not to trust our gut. We're taught to question everything, you know, anything that's strange or abnormal. Well, I really believe in trusting your gut in that feeling. Oh,
3: I, yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with that because you're right, we are trained not to. Mm. Because, um, but I also think, you know, out of all the mammals, we are blind, we're deaf, we're the most puniest out of the lot.
1: because We don't work on this planet. We don't work, we need a house, we need a coat, we need a car. Everything else on the planet is acclimatised and adapted right. as humans, you
3: know? To hunt, we have to build, make weapons. To hunt, we can't hunt naturally. Mm. Um, we, we, we are a very, very weird breed, <laughs> basically, because <laughs> yeah. you look at a dog, will sort of look at something and go and follow it, but we can't see or hear it.
4: Yeah. And there's yeah.
3: lots of things. Um I know that... Uh, uh, budgerigars, uh, they can see, I, I believe they can see infrared or something, but they, they can they can see far better than us, and, and their eyesight is pretty awful, pretty ropey. And I think it was, was it Crick, the bloke, one of the blokes that discovered DNA, that's said crazy. that,
5: yeah.
3: that's right, uh, um, lots of our, something has tampered with it, because yes. it's neatly cut in certain areas, and why is it we only use 10% of our brain?
4: Mm. Well, the, the, we only use part of our DNA, as well as a huge strand of it called jump DNA. <laughs> jump DNA. Jump yeah, You know? Yeah. As if. I mean, you know, it's just. Have you so, ever listened
1: to Lloyd Pye, John? I have. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I I love his lectures. So if anyone out there who wants to listen to, to yeah, just sure. this, where do we come from? What is the missing lid now,
4: isn't it? Guy. Yeah. Look
1: up Lloyd. Pie, yeah. Um, they wrote it,
4: something. What was it? Um, uh, everything you ever believed is, is, is wrong, true, is wrong, yeah, it's wrong yeah. you know. Yeah. Was it? I think he we-
3: was
1: taken out. I, I don't, I would, I would imagine so, yeah. But one of the simplest things that he says is that we forget we're made from the stars, we're all carbon. Every person walking on this earth is from the solar system, you know. Carbon neutral. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> well, <you> know, <laughs> well into naughty thing. channel area. <laughs> everything, everything on earth is a carbon-based life form, but you can That's see right. their evolution. There's a big gap. Yeah. We've gone from being a complete monkey to driving a car in a little blip of time, about you know. And it's not. Mm,
3: I, I, here uh, before. We've met people before.
1: Yeah. Mm. Have you noticed
3: that you sometimes water people, and some people go. Yeah yeah, Ooh. Ooh. yeah. Oh, I yeah. They, they turn you off um you know i've worked with loads and loads and loads of people and there's some you instantly warm to and others you think oh. <laughs> but, you <laughs> know, there's something not quite you know and i, I call that there's something what i call a bit pervy body people i call them and they're always sort of weird very weird i've noticed i just call them body people because mm. uh, uh you know that they're, they're obsessed with the we oh, are. like the nhs is marvelous i'm not having this check that check something shoved in my ear all and all this stuff maybe We're onions creepy <laughs> but uh, no there are a lot of creepy people around nowadays now let's have a look uh we've got a load here which i uh, please accept my apologies don't tell you personally, i can't read them all out and uh I think we we're an hour and half. Should we wind things up now? Is that okay? Is that, is that all right, John?
4: I think you need to. Yeah, an hour and a half is about the limit. I think, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, there's some book here written by some geezer. I've never heard of him before. You know, I don't know. is some bloke. <laughs> <laughs> But, very, very uh, funny <laughs> very good book i'm reading it very slowly because i'm a very slow reader and i don't read at night i read during the day so even look, even i
4: tell myself chris that is my favorite book out of all the ones that i've read and it's probably so it's ex- it really and, is you know why i think it is it's because i think i got the wrong spot <laughs> name. Uh, it says a, a chilling expose of the banking industry and it sounds so deadly dull and boring doesn't it but it, no. yeah, that, I mean that that doesn't cover a, a, a hundredth of it. No, what it what it really is about is about how the banking industry has been able to generate money from thin air, and therefore it's been able to fund everything that's been going on in the last 200, 300 years. We
1: have to do a show on that. that we, we have do to a do a show. show on that. Yeah,
4: naughty program show. Naughty
3: program. Now uh, you'll get that. Oh, by the way, I better whilst we're going doing the John bit. Hang on, where are you? Did you want bump, dump dump? Uh, I've got you, uh, oh dear, you're here somewhere. Hang on a moment. Here we go. Any moment now. Uh, oh, here he is. There's John's Gmail, you see, and there's his website. You can find out all about the other books as well. So that's that's that bit. So we've got John's bit there. Yourself, Deb. What you've got a book?
1: Um, yeah, just a childhood witness of paranormal creatures.
3: Um, it up a little bit higher so we can see the you know that's it and over a bit that's it lovely that's like that so you can see it well and uh website you might, or, you might you know you might
1: not but if you've got a really rainy day when you've got nothing to do just pop my name into amazon you never know
5: <laughs>
3: deborah hatswell amazon and i've also you you run the... Uh, hang on, I wrote it down here because I've
1: got Oh, the BBR Investigations I run. It's actually, if anyone's interested in it, what we do is we're a volunteer organisation and we're all across the UK. And if you're interested in, like, UFOs or the paranormal or the cryptid subjects or just the unexplained um, and you want to meet like-minded people, just get in touch by my email or just stick Debbie Hatswell in Google and I'll pop up and I'll sign you up. And if you're up for it and a case comes in in your area then I probably would
3: ask you if you'd go and investigate it, um. Farmer. Well, it just leaves me to say uh, my website is, flick along the bottom, is foghamhallradio.com. Yes, and actually it's the only country in the world where soon you'll be able to download its currency. So if you're a bit short of you, Bob, you can download some notes. That's good, isn't it? Not (laughs) me. (laughs) <laughs> and you'd be able to download a passport as well. No, that's not bad. So I, I'm, I'm going to try and have a challenge to see when people say um, any ID, it can show the Fockham Hall passport. You know, because uh, um, when um, people come up to you, uh, I did try it once. You know, when they say, oh, "Screw this I haven't got a blah, 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 yeah. uh, obedience obedience muzzle. Uh, terribly sorry, I've got uh, diplomatic immunity. <laughs>
4: <What>? <laughs> I, I, chance, right? <laughs> a couple of times i've I've said and it's not very uh it's not very nice to people I know but I've said it anyway I say I'm exempt on the grounds of intelligence <laughs> I
1: say no I' blowing laser yes you
4: have
1: everything that no I'm blowing laser
3: You're sorry. What you're what? I didn't catch that. You're. No, I
1: say. No, I'm not Yeah, that shuts
4: them up. They leave you alone then. The only Lancastrian Spaniard in the country.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I could have done mine well. Was it (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us tonight, John, Deb, and also. Everybody in the comments section, we've had some real crackers tonight, and uh, we will read through your comments after the program. Don't you worry, thank you very much. And please join us same time next week, eight o'clock. And well, coming up, we've got some interesting stuff, and we're hoping to do it's in the planning session, and that is uh, a naughty show, but you won't be able to see it on youtube for obvious reasons because we're going to talk about naughty things (laughs) and we may talk about you know things that involve hang on i'll show you some photographs things that involve this specimen (laughs) (laughs) and things like that so we better not sort of but we get booted off of so what our plan is is we will actually do it uh load it to bit or odyssey mm. and then do the sound version because it's too big to look put onto my website so you'll be able to hear it on the website download it and mm. it on the website and there it is anyway above all best thing ever laugh that's the best tonic of the lot and i'll see you next week thank you very much and sorry i haven't been
2: able to read everybody's <laughs> chat good night the leftovers or the DMV. Number ninety-seven. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. T plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.